We are so glad that you're here, and I'm actually super glad that I'm here today to preach this message to you. Um, we plan like super far in advance, and uh, when God led me to this scripture, I just could not wait to get to this day. So I am, I am pumped. Anybody else pumped to get in the Word of God this morning? Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. I'll come for one person. If that's all that God's got today, we'll come for one person. We're going to be in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 2 this morning. And so if you have your Bible, I encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 2. If you don't have your Bible, let me tell you, we give away free Bibles here at Connect Us Church. And I just had to do something uh, last week. I had to buy more Bibles I bought like a hundred Bibles. So that means, yeah, that means we've given away over the last almost three years now, we've given away about a hundred Bibles to people that have come to church and needed a Bible or wanted a Bible. So that is something that makes some noise about. Absolutely. That is really exciting. And so um, if you don't have a Bible, please stop in the New Here area on your way out to grab a Bible, and the words are going to be on the screen as well. So um, would you stand with me as we read the scripture this morning? I know it takes a second, but there's no rush. Uh, just a way to honor the reading of God's word this morning, and uh, just I pray it speaks to our hearts that we're open to, to all that God has to tell us this morning. So here's Mark chapter 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. And soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors there was no more room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they couldn't bring him in to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What's he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? And so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And so the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. And God, we just thank you for your word this morning. And I pray that we would continue to see things that we've never seen before here in and through this church. And I just pray that you would continue to do incredible things in each one of our lives. And that we would just be stunned and amazed at the miracles that you do in our lives and through us. And Lord, we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you can be, you can be seated. This scripture starts... With the context that Jesus was coming back from Capernaum, he's away for several days, and the news spread that he was coming back home, and soon where he was saying the house was so packed with so many people that there wasn't even room, even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them. And a packed out place there to hear the preaching of God's word. Like, I just love that, right? I love that. And I believe people want to come to see Jesus. 
Like people are attracted to Jesus. If you read through the Gospels, you see over and over again large crowds of people coming to Jesus. Where's Jesus? I'm just going to be with him. I'm going to find him. And these were people oftentimes that were nothing like Jesus. They were nothing like Jesus, and they loved spending so much time with Jesus. They loved being with Jesus, eating with Jesus, following Jesus, like they just loved being with Jesus. And I think that Jesus' church should be a place where people love to be. They love to come and hear the teaching. They love to come and just be there, to be here, to keep coming back, to keep being, just, just be attracted to it and come be here. And so we've been talking in this series, the church God uses, about how God uses the local church. And I think God attracts people to local churches every single day of every single week, all around the world. But I also think God is specifically looking for specific local churches that have certain characteristics that are more uh, helpful or more adapt to, to actually welcome the people God attracts to church and to the local body. And these churches are uniquely geared to be a church that God uses. And, and we want to be a church that God uses. We want to develop these characteristics. We want to embody these characteristics. And so it's to this packed out house of people hearing the teachings of Jesus that something really interesting happens. We read that these four guys showed up and they carried a paralyzed man on a mat. And like this is real life, right? This is like real stuff, real baggage coming into the scenario. And I think the church should be the place where real stuff happens. Because where else is it going to happen? And I'm so uh, amazed at how God has used us to just be a real, authentic place to be. And I was going to insert some examples of like, hey, here's this story, and here's this story, and this story, but y'all are so unique <laughs> that if I was going to give a little bit of like, hey, this is this story, and this is this real station, you'd be like, is he talking about me? And I'd be like, yes, I was. So I wasn't going to do that to you this morning. But it's been amazing to hear your stories and just the real honest, like, this is who I am. This is the situation. And I think the church should be the place where that just happens. And it's just real. It's just honest. And we can talk about it. We can acknowledge it. And so, so these four guys show up, and they're carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And I have so many questions. Don't you have so many questions? Like, I have, I'm wondering all these things. Like, it's not easy to carry anybody on a mat, let alone a paralyzed guy, right? Like, how far do they carry him? Where else do they carry him? And where do you get four guys to ever work together on anything, let alone carrying a paralyzed guy? This is, this is hard. Like, I'm wondering all this stuff, right? They're carrying this guy, and where else did they take him, you know? Did they take him to the city courts or the gates where oftentimes the, the disabled and paralyzed would, would beg for money and that's kind of just what they did in the first century? Did, did they take him there? Or in today's world, in today's culture, maybe, you know, did they take him to Target and leave him at the front door and just see what happens? You know, I, I don't know. And like, how did these four guys meet him? Were they friends? 
Were they like five good like brothers, you know, that hung out all the time, they shot pool together, they went hunting together, and then like some bad accident happened, and then their, their friend couldn't like care for himself anymore, and so the four other guys just like picked up the slack and took him around. Or maybe, maybe this guy was paralyzed like his whole life, and for some reason, he was, there was something about the man that he connected with these four guys. And they became friends like, you know, later in life and they just were something was drawn to each other. Like, I don't know, right? I just wonder all of these things. And I just believe like if four guys were coming up that ramp and turned the corner carrying a paralyzed man on the mat, like these would be the things that I'd be wondering about. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I want to know the story. But it's so interesting. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of what? The crowd. And you know, the church God uses is one that breaks down every barrier to get people to Jesus. Like if Jesus is there, if the teaching of God's word is there, people will come. Like God will bring them. It's just that people get in the way. And it's natural for the people, for the church, to build barriers for, for bad reasons or just for like unknown reasons. You're not, they're not even aware of it. And they build barriers, and these barriers prevent people from coming to church and oftentimes also prevent people from coming to Jesus. And so, like, for example, they could be little things, little barriers, like the location of wherever the church meets. Like, it could be strange, it could be weird, it could be, uh, it could be unclean, like the cleanliness of the building. You walk somewhere, you're like, oh, I don't like that place, you know? Or the safety, it just feels, feels strange, or the inviting look and feel. How do you even measure that? Is it inviting? You know, I don't know. Or the visibility of the building. You know, these are like little things that prevent people from coming to church or oftentimes coming to Jesus. Or it could be bigger things. Like people just don't feel welcome when they show up. Or maybe they're not friendly. The church isn't friendly. Maybe nobody ever invites anybody to come. There's no invitations. Or maybe there's no real reason to show up. You're like, I don't know. Why am I here? There's no, God's not here. The teaching of his word is not here. There's no true fellowship here. Why do I even show up? Right? These are all things, big and small and everything in between, that are barriers that prevent people from coming. But even at the most welcoming church, the ones that get all, check all the boxes and do it all right, right? It's still almost really, 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 really hard for somebody to come and be a part of a church in the morning, stay for the whole service. Like that is so hard to do. And so for some of us that have been doing church for a while now or a long time, we forget just how hard it really is. And so you get all the stuff right. You're super welcoming, you know, you, and you think, right, the first time somebody ever shows up here, and this was you this morning, I'm talking right to you because I know this feeling. You show up in the parking lot, and you park your car, and you put it in the park, and your heart starts beating out of your chest. Like, I am so nervous. I don't know what this is going to be like. There's so many things to get in the way, and just to walk in the building, let alone stay for the whole service, is so hard to do. And you're like, well, I've, you know, give me some other example, right? Okay, well, have you ever tried to go visit a Jewish synagogue for one of their services or a Muslim mosque or a Hindu temple? You would feel that feeling of parking that car and getting out, <laughs> right? You'll feel it. You will feel it. But if we're going to be 
the church God uses, we have to break down every barrier to get people to Jesus. And like, it's the crowd that stops people, right? It's the crowd. And as we grow in numbers, as our crowd increases, we have to be more intentional with breaking those barriers down. We have to be more intentional with connecting with people and welcoming people and just uh, doing what God has called us to do. It just is a natural thing when the crowd happens. And the crowd will happen because God brings the crowd to be with Jesus. And so my question for you is this. These friends, these four guys, they brought their friend to Jesus, but they couldn't get in because of the crowds. So what do you do when you face some resistance? Be it in your personal life or maybe in the life of someone you love. When you feel some resistance, when there's some barrier that's put up there, like do you just say, oh man, I, this ain't going to work out. Oh, it's too much effort or oh, I'm too busy, or maybe you say, like, they don't care about me that much anyways, right? Like, what do you do when you face a little resistance? And I want you to see this morning what these four friends did to break through the resistance when they were stuck outside of that large crowd. Because if we're going to be the church that God uses, we have to learn from them. And so what did they do? They dug a hole through the roof above his head. Like everyone look up at the roof, right? Just imagine, right? The ceiling tiles being moved out of the way. That's what they did. And they lowered a man on a mat right in front of Jesus. These four friends, they get creative. They say, we can't go in, so we're going to go up. Like when things get hard, when you're fighting against barriers in your life, you have to think higher, you have to think differently. And so they lowered this man right in front of Jesus and made it super helpful and super obvious to everything of what was happening. And I love this. Like, this is an incredible, like, window into my heart for our church. Like, if we can just get rid of all the barriers and get someone, right, to Jesus in whatever personal, unique way is unique to them, like, let's do it. Let, let's, whatever, like, there's so many distractions on a Sunday morning. There's so many distractions coming here. You walk in, you're like, oh, look at all those movie things, and, and look at those posters, and I wonder what's playing later today, and ooh, is, is that popcorn? You know, and you come in here, and you're like, look at the lights, and the, the screen, and the, like, why is there a camera right in the middle of the room? That's strange. Like, there's so many distractions. But my heart for us, for each one of you, is to say, okay, like this is you, and let's get you to Jesus as clearly and as closely as we possibly can and get rid of all of the other barriers as possible. But that takes real intentionality, and it takes real true friendship, really, with that person. Because, like, just think, right? what did these four guys do to get their friend to the position that they wanted to get him through. They were carrying him. They were lugging him up the stairs. And they were lowering him down. Like, how is that possible? Again, everyone look up at the roof. Like, what body part do you see first coming out of the roof? 
Is it an arm? Is it a leg? Is it a head? Like, you know, how did this happen? Did they build a, make a hole big enough where they could like slide the whole mat down and then like lower him down with ropes? I, you know, I don't know. But that whatever that happened, there was incredible commitment to making it happen. And if we want to be the church that God uses, we told you, we got to learn from these guys. And if we might want... We sometimes use this word in Christianity. We want breakthrough in our life. We just want to break through. We want to break through in our relationships. We want to break through in our job, in our career. We want to break through in our mental health or break through in our families or our friendships. We might desperately be searching for a breakthrough. We want to break through in our faith, but we feel stuck. We feel blocked out. We feel like everyone else is in, and I'm not. Everyone else has it, but I don't. Everyone else is blessed, but I'm struggling. Like, we just want a breakthrough. But in order to break through, you have to think higher. You have to think differently. And we can't miss this, okay? The motivation to break through the ceiling came because they were on a mission to get their friend to Jesus. And look, you haven't really started trying until you've brought someone along with you. Like, it's great if you just come to church. Great. It's great if you come for you, right? It's great if you feel loved. It's great if you feel welcomed. It's great if you feel like you're growing in your faith. But in order to experience true spiritual breakthrough, you have to have the motivation that I'm on a mission to get my friend to Jesus. I'm on a mission to connect with somebody today and get them to Jesus. I'm on a mission to sit with somebody that I've never met before and get them to Jesus. I'm on a mission to wake up a little bit earlier and attend a new service to create more connection points to get people to Jesus. And that's where true spiritual breakthrough lies. And the reason it's the key to spiritual breakthrough is because it takes huge amounts of faith. Like it takes great faith to do that. Because look what Jesus says. He says, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Whose faith? Their faith. Whose faith? Their faith. The faith of the four friends. Not the paralyzed man's faith. The faith of the four friends. It takes great faith in the gospel to believe that that person can come with you to church. You know who I'm talking about, right? The one that'll never believe. Oh, they will never believe. Oh, their life, their life is too messed up. Oh, their life is too messed up. Oh, they don't have the right clothes to wear. They don't, have the, they don't, they don't know the right words. You know, they don't never, never, you know, never, never be them. Really, them? You know, it's, it's one thing to believe that God loves you and will forgive you. Because you know how messed up you are, right? You know. 
But deep down, there's something kind of in us that's like, I know, I know, it's kind of, it's kind of messed up, but it's kind of good. Like, I, I, there's some good parts of me, you know. But to really believe that God can love and forgive even your worst enemy? Oh, that takes faith. That takes huge faith. Like, Jesus is really enough for them, too. Like, I know he's enough for me, because I'm <laughs> me. But them? Who? Like, <laughs> like this story, right? The paralyzed man is basically dead. He's dead weight. And it's like, you want me to bring this guy that this, can't do anything. You just want me to bring him to Jesus so that, like, Jesus makes him alive or something. And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> Jesus is the only one who can do that, Right? So come on, right? Bring them on. Bring them one and all. Bring them all, right? No matter their problems, no matter their baggage, no matter the wrong choices that they've made, no matter like how like their life just like makes your head spin, you know, like bring them to Jesus and watch what Jesus is going to do. But it starts with your faith. Not their faith. It starts with your faith. It's your faith of you in this room today that will make ministry possible to people we've only dreamed about tomorrow. It's your faith. It's your faith. So the story goes on. And he says, some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there they thought to themselves, what's he saying? Right? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus is like, that's the point. And Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. And so he asked them, right? Jesus knows what you're thinking. You don't even have to say it out loud. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? It's a great question. So I'll prove to you, right? The Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And of course, the man did what Jesus said. He jumped up, picked up the mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers, and they were all amazed. Praise God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. So you see the miracle when you fight through the barriers. And the motivation to get through the resistance to Jesus you face is the incredible faith in Jesus that he can and will transform your friend's life. If you have this motivation, you start looking at church differently. Like when you see what we're doing here through the lens of your struggling friend, you might change the way that you think about some things. So like, I don't know, I just threw out some random examples. So like, you might think, oh, it'd be great if we just like spent a whole bunch of time, passed the mic around, shared a bunch of stories, and like, that'd be awesome. You're like, wait a minute. Like, my struggling friend is going to grab a microphone, stand in front of 100 people, and just tell them everything about their life. I don't think so. Right? Oh. Or like, uh, you know, oh, man, I really like to sing those songs. I really love those songs, and I really love that kind of preaching, and you know, but my, my struggling friend, yeah, he's never heard those songs in his life. It's kind of confusing. Plus, the style of teaching just doesn't make sense, you know? So, like, I get it. I get it, right? I get it. 
And so if we're going to be the church God uses, we must, this is, this is summary, we must be available. Like God's not looking for perfect people because they don't exist. <laughs> God's looking for available people. The church that God uses is all in. We must be willing to give up some things in order to passionately pursue the heart of God. Number three, we got to be a church. If we're going to be the church that God uses, we got to give what we've got. Like God deserves our first and our best. And the lastly today, as we wrap up our series, we got to have big faith. Like we got to have a heart set on fire to see others come to Jesus, believing that Jesus will transform their lives. And so today, I'm inviting you to have that kind of big faith, a big faith that reaches beyond you and into the lives of our neighbors, into the lives of our family members, into the lives of our community members. And let me just tell you, there's going to be barriers, like big barriers, big barriers for people to come to Jesus, for people to come to church. But we're going to trust that God is going to bring those people and we're not going to give up on inviting them to come. We're going to just start inviting them and bringing them around and trusting that God's going to work in their life. Because you really haven't started trying until you've brought someone along with you. And so, who are you bringing along with you? As we end our service today, our, our worship team is going to come up in just a few minutes and, and play a final song. And during this final song, I'm going to invite you to respond to this message and respond to this series today. And the way that we're going to respond is, uh, let me just, it takes me a minute to explain it, but uh, there's a couple things that we can do in this time. And so, number one, I want you to think of and write down the name of a person that you are believing God will transform their life. Like, think of that person that you've been praying for, that you've been caring for, that you've been sharing Jesus with, right? We talk about that all the time here at Connect Us Church. Like, there's got to be. It's got to be fast. You just got to know. You got to know the name, right? So write the name of that person down. And uh, where you can write it, you can write it on the back of this card. Uh, there's a, it's the two services response card. There's, uh, there's some in the box over there. If you don't have one, there's some on the table over here, and there's one on the table back there, too. Um, but you can just use that card and write the person's name on the back of that card. If you don't have that card, you can write it on another piece of paper. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that you're praying for and caring for and it, like actively activating your faith, believing God is working in their life. That's, that's the point. So the other thing that we can do at this time is uh, we're, today we're celebrating the opportunity to give our multiply offering. And in the context of this message today, what the multiply offering does at Connect Us Church is it tears down barriers to get people to Jesus. Like that's just what it does. It just tears them down. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means, right? We're just getting rid of those barriers to get more people to Jesus, and so we've been talking about this the last several weeks, and if, you know, there's a bunch of ways you can give, but if you like to give in person, um, there's going to be a unique creative way for you to do that today in this next couple moments. And then also a couple weeks ago, I shared with you the vision of starting another service on a Sunday morning to make more connection points available for people as they connect with us here at Connect Us Church. And so um, the only way we're going to start that service 
is if we have enough people to not only attend but to, and to serve at it too. <laughs> so we're not just going to make the change and hope it, hope it, uh, hope it happens. Right? We need people to say, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm believing God is going to use this time. It's a different time, right? It's great. You know, people could like cut through the ceiling and they could come sit down right there, obviously, right? But I've never seen that happen before. <laughs> you know what I have seen happen before? Is you start another service and all of a sudden all these seats right here are wide open for you and your friend to come. And it's a different time. So there's more choices, there are more options and people choose more options. You ever wonder why there's so many choices in the grocery store? Isn't it scary? You walk in, you're like, I want beans. There's like a thousand brands of beans. You're like, I just want beans, right? It's so that you buy beans. They don't care what beans you buy. It's just you're going to buy beans. You got 10 choices. You're going to buy one of them. <laughs> That's just kind of how humans are. So starting another service, there's more connection opportunities. We're going to have food. So there's more food. People love food. We can sit together in the lobby, eat together. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's going to be awesome, but we're going to have to have big faith to be a part of it and to, to uh, get on the same page and work together and make that happen. All right, uh, worship team, why don't you come on up here, and uh, for somebody who's coming up this direction, can you bring that basket that's on that table over there and bring it over to me? I've got one final instruction for you today, once I get this thing, I guess Dustin... You're the chosen one. <laughs> you can do that if you want to. I got these baskets uh, here and right here in the middle of the room. And uh, this represents the house Jesus was teaching in. <laughs> Doesn't it look cool? And uh, how many people can you fit in Jesus' house? I don't know. Anyway, the top of the house is tissue paper. And so in the first century, they would have had like mud and sticks and things that made the roof of the house. But they got rid of the roof so that they could lower their friend in. And so this is what's going to happen. If you write the name of that person on a card, then you're going to fold up that card and you're going to pick one of these little sections in between the black tape so that everyone has a spot to do it. And you're going to poke your finger through that tissue paper, because you're making a room in the hole. You're making a room in the, in the roof for your friend to come to Jesus, to, to get connected, to break through the barrier, and you're going to put that car right in there. Because you're believing. It's, it's one thing. I'll say it again. It's, if you remember one thing from the day, it's one thing to know, like, God loves me. <laughs> of course he does. But really, them, that person, really? Oh, that takes faith. That takes huge faith. And I'm believing that today we're going to have some big faith to bust through some barriers and see God do miracles in people's lives. And so um, in just a second, the band's going to get start playing. I invite you and now to stand up and, and come down, make a line, and put, bust through this roof and bust through that roof and, and put your card in there. And uh, let's see what God's going to do.